0: First of all, Laura, thank you very much for coming on the show today. I know you're an extremely busy woman with everything you're doing, and I really appreciate your time. So I want to give you a platform to tell us about your work and about your fascinating life. So, Laura, why don't you fill in some of the gaps about yourself, where you grew up, how long you've been in the eyeglass business, and how you ended up in Kelowna?
1: Well... Luke, thank you so much for having me. Um, I appreciate that, and uh, I guess uh, how, where I grew up. Well, I was born in Hamilton, lived there till my parents decided to move to Alberta when I was about seven, and so I basically grew up in Calgary. You know, did all my schooling and University of Calgary and all that good stuff, and uh, I have only been in the eyeglass business for about ten years. Yeah, started out in uh, a little bit in Alberta, and then, um, you know, with the draw to Kelowna, it's so beautiful here, and, uh, you know, with the people and the wine and the food and the views and the lifestyle, it was just, it drew us here, so uh, we just, you know, packed up and moved.
0: When was that?
1: We moved in May 2000, and see, you got me the, the facts. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stuck on the facts. I've been here seven years. So when was that? Uh, 2011.
0: 2011. So that's not right?
1: Mm, Yeah, probably.
0: Okay. (laughs) Somewhere about that. (laughs) How did you come up with the name, Wink Eyewear? It's a cool name.
1: Well, I don't know. It's just something that kind of popped up. I I like that it's Wink and then the letter I, not the word I. I was all like, hey, what about iPads and iPhones? She just put I... Anyway, it just kind of stuck. I had a guy do up some logos and, and I passed it around to all my friends and that's that's kind of the one that everybody said was a cool name. So we went with it.
0: Do you remember when you first realized that you were going to be in the eyeglasses business?
1: Well, I don't I think it was more of a, a gradual realization, kind of like punctuated by events from employers, which made me realize I wasn't going to be happy working for someone else. Um, When we moved here, I I had a job at a kind of a two-for-one, and and I wore my very favorite boots. They're, like, flat, and I, you know, had a nice pair of dress pants tucked into them, and my boss pulled me into the back and told me I looked like a $2 hooker. Oh, my God. And I was, I was like, my God, my boots are nicer than anything in this store. So I don't think I'm going to be happy working here. So that didn't last very long. I think I made three weeks at that place. And then I got another job um, in another optical place, which was much better. But um, I didn't enjoy selling the mass-marketed, prefabbed. Everything looks the same kind of frames. Um, and also, they... They, uh, I had to do a lot more than just be an optician there, and I, I just wanted to be an optician. Like I just love the fashion and I love the glasses, and I didn't want to have to do all the other stuff mm-hmm. that they actually preferred that I would be doing. And so I just quit, and uh, and I went home and I said to my husband, "So, hmm." Would you be okay if I opened up my own store? And if it doesn't make it, are you okay living in a cardboard box in
0: the park? He's like,
1: hey, as long as it's with you. And I went, okay, I'm <laughs> going to do it. So then that's it kind of awesome. started.
0: So you've got a really cool Instagram page and you traveled to New York to find your frames. Is that true? Tell us a bit about that. How did you get to uh, go to New York? Like, Where did you first hear that that's the place to go? And tell us about some of your trips.
1: Yeah, so you know there when you when you're looking for eyewear there's so much more interesting eyewear out there than what you just see like at a box store at the mall. And and honestly there are small independent designers and they they go to these uh giant frame shows. The uh the big one is in New York. There's also one in Vegas. We've been to the one in Paris, which is absolutely incredible. Um and this September we're going to uh a newish one of just small independent businesses and it's in Florence and so you find the people there that actually just make eyewear like they they make it and they manufacture it they feed their families they support their communities they're not just um um slapping on labels onto a generic looking frame like the stuff is unique and there's people are out there you have to look for it but it's interesting I love it and and on our customers also love it too. They mm-hmm. they want something that dip- separates them and and enhances their personality, and that's what I love doing is finding that that frame. And I'm like, oh oh, I've got to phone this customer. This will look fantastic on them. I'm ordering this one just for so and so because I know they're going to love it. And uh, and yeah, I think like eighty percent of the time, I'm right. Right. So it's worked out. Yeah. And then what we do with the uh, Instagram um, and Facebook. We, you know, we we started very small, and we didn't have a large budget. Everything went into the store and the product and and the renovations, and so we didn't have a lot of money to spend on marketing. So we just started taking pictures of frames, like on a chair or mm-hmm. on a table, and that was boring and nobody engaged. And so we, my husband, with his phone, he just started taking pictures of frames on me, and then we got more engagement, and gradually it was we go out now, we do shoots, we go to different places, we play in our own backyard, we go on wine tours, we always bring frames. We shoot them in fun places and we and we support other people with small businesses. We tag them that here we are at this place wearing this frame and we do something fun. We have different outfits. Like it's become quite a it's become quite a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lot of work but um, people seem to like it and kind of branded us as local and um, authentic. And, you know, we don't have to pay for content that's like stock photos. We just use ourselves, our friends. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband shoots everything on his phone.
0: So if you go to a show in New York or Italy and you see a set of frames and uh, you think that's going to be awesome for one of my clients, do you just buy it on the spot or will you take a picture of it and send it to them?
1: Um, Actually, I, I do both. Um, but if it's just really that great and they don't like it, I know someone else will probably Mm -hmm. buy it. And that's usually uh, what, what ends up happening. So I just, the stuff you see at the shows, a lot of it is prototypes and you have to place an order and you have to wait six months to get it before Mm -hmm. it is actually available. So it's all, it's the new stuff. It's up and coming where, you know, where things are going and, um, uh, so you just kind of have to, I I just go with my gut. You know what? I, I know what looks good on people and what shapes.
0: I'm curious, can you uh, order like one off of a frame or is there a minimum order? Do you have to order like a hundred or ten or?
1: Um, most, most designers, they, they want you to represent their collection. Right. So I find with the smaller ones, they're much more forgiving. They'll let you order a dozen, which is manageable. Um, if you go with some of the giant, you know, well-known names, you have to order like fifty or sixty, mm-hmm. you know, minimums of forty-five, and like we just don't have a lot of room. We're really small, so we like to showcase designers' collections. We mm-hmm. like to give them a fair shot to show people what they have and the colors available. Right. But we can still are lucky enough that we don't have to uh, do giant minimums. Generally, not one. One is just. Yeah. Yeah, that's not enough. But it does, not is good. Like, we're happy with that.
0: You do a lot of uh, volunteer work with Red Dress and Swing with the Stars. What are they? How did you get involved? And uh, what are you trying to accomplish with those?
1: Well, I think, again, um, you know, it comes back to, to supporting your community and supporting other small businesses and other causes causes that are close to my heart. Um, the Red Dress event is um, run by the Heart and Stroke Foundation. And we um, actually, the, the I think it was the first year or second year I was involved, I got to model in it, so did, and so did Stephen, because um, if you know someone, someone you love that has um, been affected by a heart and stroke event, um, then you have a, a bit of a story to tell and you get to be... Uh, this year, in, the year we did it, we were both models and we we were showcasing clothing, all red clothing, which was great, um, from, from you know, smaller places and around mm-hmm. Kelowna. Um, and um, I did it uh, at that time from my granddad who had passed away at 60 from a massive heart attack. Oh. Um, you know, he was... That was a long time ago and there was nothing really he could be helped with. So since then... The research and the advancements made by supporting that cause um, have come full circle, and they have saved my father's life, who um, has uh, an abdominal aortic aneurysm, which is like a seriously big deal. And they went in there right away, and they fixed him up. And he also has his, you know, he's got a pacemaker, and so. Those things wouldn't have been available, and my dad wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. So, mm-hmm. it's it makes me gives me goosebumps to know that you can give back, and um, you know that the other thing with doing that and being part of your community and giving back is you get your name out there, and it's not just blatant, boring advertising and being marketed to. You know what? We just love doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same this year with swinging with the stars. Stephen and I were asked to uh, dance as a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! Well, we were like we were ended up being the only, I think, married couple. Everybody else got paired with a professional dancer or had dance experience, and and we just were this older couple, and we did disco, and we had fun with it. We just we were a bit outrageous, and we tried really hard, and we got in good ish shape and uh, we uh, danced to uh, uh, disco medley Mm -hmm. and we did that and the reason we really wanted to do it um, was because we think hospice is such a great community um, experience for people that are, are dying and they don't you know it's free and you can go there and they are so wonderful there my very first customer or one of my very first customers her name was Renata and she was just a lovely lady and she bought her glasses from me and we had this relationship where she would come in and we would have coffee maybe a couple of times a month and you know, we'd go over to the bakery and she got to be my friend and she ended up passing away in hospice a couple of years ago. And I thought, well, when I went there to visit her, I I really opened my eyes to what they do there and Mm. how happy she was there. I mean, this was a woman who had, uh, you know, children to support her and a beautiful home and she wanted to be in hospice. Mm. And so it just goes to show you what a great job they're doing and that Mm. she was comfortable enough to spend the last days of her life there. So we did. We danced this year and uh, uh, all together as a group of people who danced, you know, we weren't the only ones. There was teams and and other couples. So there was, I think, eight of us all together. Um, We raised... uh, uh, I think like two hundred seventy thousand dollars for hospice. Yeah, Amazing. it was. It's such a great feeling, right, yeah. to be part of that.
0: You do this every year, both of them.
1: Uh, no, um, I uh, well, the red dress event and uh, and the dancing bit. I don't think they want us back year after year. <laughs> <laughs> they want some fresh meat there. Uh, so we just, but we do support them. Like you know, we'll donate uh, things to the silent auctions and. We, we will help out in any way we can right whatever they need, um, and we do go to the events and we still support them, but right. to be involved intimately like in the production of it that's kind of a one off
0: I'm a big fan of personal transformation stories, and uh, if you're comfortable sharing something from your past that if someone were to just meet you today, they would be kind of surprised because you're so different. Your way of thinking or your way of acting is very different. Do you have any stories like that that you're comfortable sharing?
1: I think I'm kind of guarded with my personal life, but without going into a lot of detail. Um, just prior to entering the optical industry, I, I, did, I had a devastating life experience whereby I had to completely rebuild my life from scratch. Um, But that's a whole other novel. Mm -hmm. If there's any ghostwriters out there, it will be great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But those people in my life who were kind of around to experience and witness what happened, um, including myself, I can't believe where my life is now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as to where it was then. Mm -hmm. And I want to uh, encourage um, other women to, if they have to go through this stuff, difficult life can be hard, right? And you can it can really take its toll. And I just want to encourage other women to keep moving forward and keep walking through those doors that open for you. Um, you don't have to go back, and you don't have to you don't have to put up with things that aren't healthy for you. Mm. So I just knew that after what I'd been through, um, in order to keep going forward, I just drew strength from that experience, knowing I could never like, lose as much or be hurt as much again. So what did I have to lose? I just jumped in and experienced life um, in a way that I, it was actually a bit of freedom for me. So uh that's all I want to say about that
0: (laughs) no problem if you uh if you could go to time machine and give yourself give your younger self some advice in that moment is there anything you you would say to yourself how you would handle it differently or uh to make the process quicker
1: time machine man I would change a lot um but that being said you can't change what you don't know about, and I think you have to go through things that are uncomfortable in order to learn from them and 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 discover really where your passions are, what you want. So that's a tough question. Although there's a lot of things I would like to totally like fly by and try again, and right. maybe not do years. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if if we'd. Uh, all be the same people we are now having not had to go through everything you've gone through to get
0: there. So you uh, run a very successful retail operation. Could you tell us about your location where it is and has it always been smooth sailing since you've run this or have you had any setbacks along the way?
1: We are in Kelowna, beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, we are in a little strip mall in the Mission uh, lower Mission area. It's the Mission Park Mall. We're not even in the main part of that strip mall. We're, like, kind of off to the side between the banks. Um, but it's uh, worked out really well. We have uh, uh, only about 500 square feet, so we're really small. Um, and, and initially, when, you know, you start going into business like okay our rent is not cheap and you got to pay it for five years and sign a lease so we we know we got us got went as big as we could without you know being able to um we still have to contain our expenses so uh yeah so that's where we are um has it always been smooth sailing you know it kind of hit the ground running I think um I o- when I opened up it was something new uh, no there weren't there wasn't another place like it um and and uh, the only the thing that I remember the first hiccup was I had a lady come in. She's uh, a little old lady. She brought these glasses, you know, put her down payment on, um, and then she came back. But I and she she was really really angry at me because she didn't realize that they cost so much well it turned out she had like serious dementia and and i didn't i I didn't it was really hard to deal with this customer and i i felt terrible like i she made me feel like i was taking advantage of her but she knew full well what was happening and i thought oh my god this is like my first customer what's it gonna be like five years from now Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was just a one-off um it was it all worked out in the end and and uh uh, it's just, you know, you have to deal with people as they come in. But most of my customers are amazing. I'm so thankful for them. I, they've been so supportive. And I, yeah, I've been blown away by the just how great my clients are. Like, they're fantastic. Awesome. I wouldn't be in business without them, so.
0: Is that what you would say that you love most about the business, is dealing with the people and your clients?
1: Absolutely. Well, that and the and shopping. Like I love shopping for new frames. Right. I love seeing the new styles, and and uh, I I get really excited about um, things that are just new that I haven't seen. And once you've been in it for a while, you've kind of seen almost everything. But then all of a sudden, you'll find a designer who's done something like you've never seen, and you're you're it's exciting. Uh-huh. And that's when I'll pick up another line, and we'll just run with it.
0: Do you change your own eyeglasses? How often? Oh boy, I have a lot of glasses. I, <laughs> I, mean,
1: I have a pair pretty much to go with every outfit. So <laughs> I change them a lot. Sometimes more than once a day, I'll change them just because I feel like it.
0: Is there anything about your business that you find to be a challenge or a little bit frustrating? I mean, I love my job, I love what I do, but there's certain aspects of it that I'm not crazy about. Is there anything like that?
1: Sometimes. Um, it's uh, in general, like the lab work in that is is pretty good and goes quite well, but you'll get the occasional um, job from the lab that'll come back, and there'll be something wrong with it. So you send it back and then they'll send it back to you, and it's just like they're not looking at it because they're not checking to make sure it's exactly right. And that's the other thing. I do. Mm. So when the glasses come in, I will check them for everything. And if they're not perfect, you're buying something new. You don't want to have a little flaw or a little, you can't be, your prescription has to be bang on. I don't accept any, um, I don't accept like almost there. Like Mm. it has to be right. And then I have to send it back. And then it's, that part is really frustrating. It doesn't happen often, I think, because they know that, it will be sent back, so they probably have to double-check, triple-check. But um, I guess the other thing that really is frustrating is when you find a good line and then a large company buys it up and you and you and something you've loved and has been good and has been small and independent is now being mass-produced cheaply and marketed
0: mm-hmm.
1: hugely and and you watch the quality of it go down and you, and you see it get marketed online and you're like, ah... I hope everything doesn't get go- get gobbled up. I hope there is still some small independent people that'll they will fight the good fight and and uh, go for quality and and interesting designs. And.
0: So, Laura, I want to put you on the spot now. Can you think of someone in the city of Kelowna that you find to be a fascinating person and who you would love to see come on this show in the future?
1: Well, there. Are no shortage of people like that out there, for sure. I know lots of them. Um, Kelowna is just filled with brilliant people that have great ideas and amazing business sense. So um, I think just coming just off the top of my head, um, um, my friend Michael Levine, um, he has a, a company called Time Brokers. Okay. That he started, um, and it's very interesting how he got into that. Um, He also does a lot for the community. Um, And uh, my friend Lisa Jensen, who owns a 10-Spot.
0: If someone wants to follow you on Instagram, or if they want to come and see you at your shop, tell us how how they can find you.
1: Awesome. We'd love to see you. We're at uh, number 7605 KLO Road, uh, which is kind of on the corner of... um, lakeshore and klo our hours are nine thirty to five thirty, monday to friday uh, but we do take appointments um, if people can only make it in on saturday we i'm happy to go in um i just don't want to be there all day because i live in Kelowna and i like my weekends so Great. uh generally people are pretty um patient about that and they understand and you know what i don't mind coming in for an hour or two so our instagram and our facebook and twitter are all the same just at Wink Eyewear, it's, it's a W-I-N-K, and then just the letter I, W-E-A-R.
0: Thank you very much, Laura. I feel like I've learned something today, and we certainly got to know you a little bit better on a personal level. So I want to thank you for your time today and for coming on the show.
1: Aw, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.